pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back at it for hour two of Sports Talk here on DWS. No line change today. Evan Kahn back. Lauren Tate back. Hopefully you guys are back from hour one. If you missed it, we chatted with Sahadev Sharma from The Athletic about the Cubs here in the middle of the postseason, middle of one of the most historic Activity-wise days for sports, as we talked about, we got all of the major leagues in action here tonight, NFL, NBA, MLB, and hockey, if you're into that sort of thing. We also got college football as well. We'll get into some Coach Q&A with Nick Quartaro coming up this hour, Mr. Tate, and uh, you... you came up with an interesting observation I think so. this, for this weekend. Yeah, it's not exactly. An, well, it is an observation, but it's, it's, a, it's a fact based on yeah. the, the, the favored teams this weekend. And I just wrote down nine games, just arbitrarily. The best, what I saw was the best, the games I'm most interested in, the nine mm-hmm. games, and including a game with UCLA or you know uh, Alabama, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and the Big Ten. Well, I, li- I listed nine games, and would you believe that the home team is favored in all nine games. Wow. That's that's gotta be unusual, although you look back and saw where last week it wasn't a hundred percent, but it was a high percentage of home teams were winning. Yeah. Uh, I mean among the top teams. Right. They were winning, but they were not favored. Well that it, doesn't matter, right? Right, right. <laughs> but they were winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So No, it does matter because we're talking we're talking about here we're talking about odds and so I'm just gonna run down because the important thing to remember here, if this goes as, as scheduled, Illinois will move up in the standings by not playing <laughs> because, okay, Purdue is at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 2.5 favorite. Mm-hmm. You believe that? And, I, and I'm going to list, list the games, and, and the home team is a favorite in every one. Iowa at Ohio State, 29.5. Northwestern at Maryland, 13.5 Maryland. Minnesota at Penn State, Minus four. Penn State's a, a four-point favorite. Mm. Mississippi is 7-0 at LSU, but Mississippi is the underdog by uh-huh. 1.5. Mississippi State at Alabama. I don't have to say any more there. 21-point <laughs> favorite Alabama. Kansas State at TCU. TCU is a six is six and zero, and TCU is a as a three point five favorite over K State, mm-hmm. Syracuse at Clemson. Two undefeated teams. Clemson, of course, the favorite at home, thirteen point five. UCLA undefeated at Oregon, and Oregon's a five point five favorite over an undefeated team. So, I just that, that's how important the home field is because in some of those games, they, they you know the the team the better team would be favored anyway, but not in every game. And I just wonder if Penn State played at Minnesota, how would you feel? That'd be a toss up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, it's Tanner Morgan playing. If they're only a four point favorite, well, that's a good point. Yeah. But if they're only a four point favorite at home, then it'd probably be pretty close mm-hmm. at Minnesota. 
The same thing true at Purdue. If uh, Purdue is at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's a slight favorite, but we all kind of think Purdue's a better team, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of how I was looking at it, and it seems like they're they're giving the edge to the home teams, but the, this is a, a pivotal week, not just for the Big Ten, but but a lot of these schools, as you start getting deep into that conference season, you're playing higher competition. Think of a team like Syracuse, right, sitting undefeated, but now they've got to go to a place like Clemson, and that's a real test for them. The the Wisconsin one, that that's really confusing, and we'll get into that with Coach Q next segment. As Purdue seems to be trending in the right direction, whereas Wisconsin's kind of where they've been all year, which is a, a 500 crew coming off of a, a road loss last week. They get to go home where they won uh, against Northwestern following the, the uh, Paul Chris being fired. But uh, a lot of these teams, if you can't win at home, and then you know where, where where can you win? So well, Illinois sure handled them at Camp Randall, didn't they? Yeah, of course. Wisconsin made some bad mistakes in that game, and Illinois outplayed them. But um, anyway, it's just a just a point that uh, Illinois could move up if the games turn out the way we want them to this mm-hmm. week. They could they could be an undisputed leader. And we'll have to of the Western Division, and we'll have to keep an eye out for next week as Illinois goes on the road yep. to Nebraska, a Nebraska 80, team that's scoring a whole lot of points here. Yeah, and eighty some thousand people there, all mm-hmm. rooting for Nebraska. <laughs> so it, it'll be a, a hostile environment, no doubt. Nebraska also with an open week this week, so yep. both teams getting a, a, a little extra prep time in there. Um, plenty of uh, games, as we mentioned here uh, last night. Iota Sumu and the Bulls getting off to a, a great start, 1-0 over Miami Heat. They have the night off. We've got Major League Baseball going on. Luis Severino taking the ball for the Yankees against Luis Garcia, I believe, for the Astros. No, it is Framber Valdez who... Uh, didn't have a great postseason last year, but he'll get the ball with a 1-0 lead. And what else do we have going on? Nothing really. This is this is Scott's least favorite day, as you can tell, as he <laughs> took off. He, he just says Thursday is kind of a lull. We don't have Illinois football, though. You get, did get to talk to players today, and yeah. you talked with Bielema yesterday as well. But uh, they're, they're out recruiting, as we mentioned. I forgot to see if Aaron Henry has updated on what they're they're not done Sounds with Sounds like yet. they got another recruit coming, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. you got a big guy, Schuster, already, a junior college player. Tackle, big tackle, so... I guess he's a tackle. He might play guard. Who knows? Yeah, it kind of depends on, on who comes back and who doesn't come back and, and where you're going to really need somebody. So that's I wonder it. how much they're going to depend on Kruitz at center next year. I'm looking ahead because Pilstrom may be gone, mm-hmm. and Kruitz is the backup now. Yeah. Although they might go with Slaughter or they might go with somebody else at center if Pilstrom got hurt. Yeah, they've given him some run, what, at fullback? He's been on on a, a couple goal line stands there, so he, he's getting worked in there uh, a, a bit. And that's a guy, is he is he a freshman? Is he well, a redshirt freshman? There are two Cruces. Right. There's a center and a linebacker. Yes. They're brothers. Yeah. Olin Cruces's sons. Uh-huh, but I, I couldn't remember if the the center one, I, I thought he played last year, but maybe he only played uh, enough to where they could still redshirt him or, or not. But either. I don't know his red shirt status, but I, I I'm sure he'll one of the I I think he redshirted last year, but 
I don't. I'd have to look it up. But regardless, uh, as you said last last hour, Pauchewski's definitely going to be gone. Pilstrom's going to be gone. Will Adams be back? We don't know. Will Pearl be back? We don't know. Pearl's got to come back. He's not having that good a year. Yeah, yeah. he started. In my opinion, you uh, he got hurt in the spring, right? And mm-hmm. I think he got hurt at the beginning of the he, fall. He needs as to have well. a, he needs to have a good solid year, just like uh, Pauchewski coming back, fully healthy and having mm-hmm. a much better year. I think Pearl is is inexperienced at the position too, yeah. relatively speaking. And I, I think another year would would really help him. If there's one position that that's been dominating it and not getting the credit it's probably that offensive line as they had to replace some guys they mm-hmm. brought in some new guys you think a guy like Jordan Slaughter hasn't even played in almost over a year and they've they're they're the catalyst to to chase brown and getting all those yards yeah he can make the cuts and find the holes but they're the ones who who are making the holes and that's a that's a unit that's been keeping Tommy DeVito upright and we saw the success that he had last week on a a slightly hobbled ankle um, because that offensive line has been stand up all year so uh, I'm sure they're enjoying the the open week here and Chase Brown getting his Heisman website going as they start that campaign here in the second half of the season. Yeah, everything is a combination of things, obviously, every success mm-hmm. story. And and no question he's running uh, with great confidence and patience and and ability to, to break and cut like, you know, like no back we've had for a while. But uh, the, the offensive line, I never dreamed they would come together this mm-hmm. quick. Because they lost some key guys. Low, you know, went to the N- NFL. He was, he was a left tackle. Well, you know, it wasn't Pearl last year. It was, mm-hmm. it was low. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hopkins, I mean, the center. Um, Kramer. Kramer had played five years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was, this, this, they've replaced these guys. It makes you think they can do it again. <laughs> you that, sure? You know, I mean, they're going to have to, and it makes you think they can. Yeah, they, they've done a really good job at, at identifying these guys that can come in and, and play right away. A number of the, the transfers, um, and we talked last hour, you know, you got Gabe Ackes out there as a true freshman. Last year, Josh McCray is a true freshman, looking to get him back next week uh, to, to help out with a, a bit of that running load for, for Chase Brown. So it, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. There's a, there's a lot of recruits from the previous regime on here, but uh, Brett Bielma and his staff has found the guys to, to plug the holes because there, there were questions coming into this year, rightfully so, as they lost so many super seniors and starters from last year. But they found the guys that can fill those holes and a team that was five and seven that lost a lot is already has more wins and hopefully more wins to come as we get back into play i've used this number before but i picked out the top 28 guys on the team offense and defense and 22 of them are from played for lovey mm-hmm. 22 out of 28 that's unbelievable that that bielma could take the other coaches guys and essentially whether it's you know whether it's Chase Brown, whether it's Palchewski, whether you know those defensive linemen, I mean whoever they those guys are all they all came in under Lovey. Yeah, so <laughs> putting them in a, a position to succeed, and uh, we'll we'll dive into Illinois and the Big Ten West and, and college football in general coming up next. Nick Quartaro contributes to the News Gazette and right here on Sports Talk. We'll have our coach Q and A session with him next.
back on Sports Talk here with Lauren Tate. I am Evan Kahn. And as we do every week here on the program, slightly different with Scott out today, but still quality content with our Coach Q&A session here with Nick Portaro. You can typically read his uh, writings in the News Gazette. He usually writes something midweek or so. But uh, Coach Q, thanks for, for coming on the program. Did, did you take it an open week with the Illini as well? Uh, no, 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 no. Old coaches just keep doing what they do, <laughs> which is plugging plug away. So I'm kind of like you guys. If it's football season, we have things to do. All right, so that, that's good as we're here breaking down uh, things in college football and mostly the, the Big Ten. As far as the uh, Illini go, coming off, well, five straight wins, but really three big wins against in-conference foes. You, you think about a, a, a long losing streak up in Madison, you get the win there. Iowa haven't beaten them in, in almost uh, two decades, you get the win there, and then uh, what many consider the the biggest test of the season last week uh, against Minnesota. Do you ever worry uh, about a, a team with a little bit of a letdown following three big games, and on top of that, they've got this open week here to, to just kind of relax? Well, I think it's natural to be concerned about that, but that's that's what coaching is. You guard against that, you coach against that, and you make sure your guys understand what your philosophy is during a bye week, and obviously... Uh, Illinois handled that just fine earlier in the year. And now, and I know Coach Bielema has been preaching it. I've heard his press conference. I've read his comments, et cetera. And really, let's just keep doing what's gotten us to this point. You know, and actually, having been with teams in rebuilding stages, once you've reached uh, bowl eligibility, each week you're playing for higher and higher stakes. Bowl eligible is just one step along the way. But once you've gotten that, and it's been a number of years, especially for the upperclassmen in this team, to go to a meaningful bowl game, uh, that's really all they need to dangle out there along with an opportunity, legit opportunity, to uh, represent the Western Division in the Big Ten title game. And as we look at the Illini here sitting at at 6-1, and we – noted it a number of times a lot of these guys were already at Illinois but they weren't having success of course they were younger and now they're a little older and you've got a different coaching staff in there but as they sit at six and one and now that we know what we know do you think the Illini are exceeding expectations or or maybe are they kind of playing what they should have played at and we just really didn't know what the Illini were going into the year well, I think there was a little bit, at least for the general public, you know, people on the outside trying to look in, is that you're hopeful that they're going to be better. There were certainly signs of good things last year. There were letdowns that the staff would let you know. They, they thought they were a bold team last year, but it didn't click. And now those things are coming together. And really it's a you know confluence of a lot of things. And really what the other teams in the Western Division are doing this year what Illinois is doing to take advantage of that by playing really, really well and putting themselves in a position to have a tremendous year. All these things have come together, and yet we're not there yet. You know, uh, Even though this is a bye week, as you guys mentioned uh, before me coming on, the game over in uh, Lincoln in another uh, a week from Saturday will be enormous. 
the game that we'll talk about shortly, Purdue at Wisconsin, has a huge impact on the whole Western Division picture. So I think really from outside in, there was hope that Illinois, one, would be improved. If they're improved over last year, they'd have a chance at a bowl. And I think most people would feel pretty good if they were playing somewhere in warm weather in the postseason. But now once you get going and there's traction and the success they've had and some of the other teams struggling for whatever reason, and Illinois' stock has risen and risen, and as long as the confidence on the field doesn't get too high and they stay within themselves and play the way they've been coached, play to their expectations, they'll continue to do well. I'm really excited about them. Well, Coach Q, this is Lauren, and, and I see this Purdue-Wisconsin game. Purdue is the only team with a 3-1 record along with Illinois. Wisconsin is a 2.5 favorite. Is that accurate in your view? Is that Wisconsin? Uh, no. Oh, I know. I have that in my notes, Lauren, and uh, good to speak with you as always. Uh, I have that in my notes as well. When I saw that on Monday or Tuesday, whenever the odds first came out, I really thought it was a mistake. I went online and checked a couple sources because I didn't believe it. And uh, I don't know how a Wisconsin team can be favored by just shy of a field goal, even though they're at home against a Purdue team that has won four in a row. Wisconsin in their last four games is one in three. They're playing with an interim coach. And I guess the only thing they got is history on the Wisconsin side. Uh, Lauren, you've probably seen all of these, at least one way or another. 15 years since the Boilermakers have beaten the Badgers, which is incredible. But you know what? So was the uh, Illinois and, and Iowa deal. So, you know, those those streaks are meant to be broken, and I think it's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, I hope it doesn't, but I think you're right. <laughs> I, 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 think, <laughs> I, I think Purdue's just got too much of a passing game for Wisconsin, and, and uh, Purdue's playing a little better defense than I thought they would. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the way I've looked at it, and I try to look at them pretty closely from a coaching perspective, both teams struggle in pass defense. Uh, two different reasons. Purdue plays a little more aggressively on defense. They take more chances, therefore putting their secondary in a little tougher position in terms of their coverages. Wisconsin, on the other hand, is not the same Wisconsin defense we've all seen for so long. They're very young. They don't have the experience, the talent, and equally important, the leadership that they've had for so many years. And so really, they're I'm not saying they're bad. They're just kind of average on a good day and yet very susceptible to the pass. So, of course, that plays into Aiden O'Connell and Jeff Brown's pass game for Purdue. But also I flipped that coin because, as I mentioned, Purdue has had trouble stopping the pass. Mm -hmm. And therefore, even though Graham Mertz has had some ups and downs, and it really almost seems like week to week is either up or down, but he can be solid. And quite honestly, Purdue's pass defense is 10th, which isn't good. 10th in defensive pass efficiency. Wisconsin's is 12th in defensive pass efficiency. So I, I look at everything. As a coach, I check the weather. It's going to be a gorgeous day up there, uh, upper 60s, low 70s. So my point is, I expect the ball to be in the air for Wisconsin. Of course, it's going to be for Purdue. But yeah. Wisconsin, I think, will have a chance to throw the ball a little bit. And, uh, of course, you know, Braylon Allen's going to get his share and he'll get his yards. But Purdue has to tighten up that secondary in terms of their coverage. 
and also open field tackling. Otherwise, Braylon Allen will have a field day. Okay, Minnesota at Penn State. Penn State's a four-point favorite. Um, that seems to, I, I, at home, it seems, and this is going to be a whiteout, seems to me like they ought to be a bigger favorite. Yeah, I think all of us were shocked after last week's game uh, in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. where Penn State's defense was just shredded. I mean, you're talking to a guy in me that really thought Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, would have a good plan, uh, give Michigan some different looks, in particular uh, coverages and whatnot to mess with uh, J.J. McCarthy. But uh, that had nothing to do with it because Michigan just lined up handed it off, and as I watched it, taped it, and watched it back, there were so many gaping holes. The ball was getting past linebacker level right now. Oh, and boy. what happened was, yeah, Penn State secondary was out of position, and if they were in position, the running backs gave a little juke move and, and made them uh, miss, or they broke a tackle, and you saw 400 and what was it, 418 or something on the ground, which is just incredible. So I think Vegas had to be had to be a little swayed by the fact that the Penn State defense really uh, was completely out of it last Saturday. Here's Minnesota coming in. We know Mo Ibrahim uh, can run it. The biggest question, and I don't know if you guys have gotten any Big Ten scoop out in the Midwest there. I sure haven't. Is will Tanner Morgan play? No, we you know, don't know. Obviously, he got, yep. yeah, yeah. Obviously, he got dinged up, and uh, if they have to play the backup that uh, played against Illinois, it'll be a long day for the Gophers again. But if uh, Tanner Morgan can play, and the key to their offense, Minnesota's offense, is first down, can they get four with Ibrahim on the ground or by running those run-pass options, throw short control passes to get them into second, medium, third, and short? Illinois did not allow that. We all saw that, right? The coverage was so great on the receivers that when – Tanner Morgan's key said, pull the ball from Abraham and throw that slant. There was nobody open. They were defended. And so, you know, I think Illinois probably put a nice game plan, not just for themselves, but for future Minnesota opponents to defend them the way they did. Of course, they executed terrifically. Well, Illinois secondary has been holding teams down like never before with a lot of help from the, from the pass rush and the pressure that they're putting on. But can would this work against Higher quality. Right now, I'm I'm going to make a statement. Illinois is kind of in the second tier, and there's a there's a tier above Illinois that's got Michigan and Ohio State in it. It looks to me like Michigan's pulling up alongside of Ohio State. They beat them last year, but uh, what it is? What what's your opinion on that? As as so, if would the secondary be able to hold up against a better passing uh, opponent? Well, I think the thing that really tests a secondary is how long a quarterback has to throw. Right. And you hit you hit the nail on the head, given the pass rush and the pressure, uh, and we've talked about this in previous weeks, you don't always have to get a sack. But if the quarterback has to move off his setup point after his drop back, if he has to slide in the pocket, if he has to throw it before he's ready, or if he has a hand in his face and he can't see the receiver, those are all effective ways to help your secondary. So, again, the front has been excellent doing their job, which helps a very talented secondary do the job they're doing. And I guess we'll find out. You know, it's going to – Purdue's going to test 
Illinois secondary. But the thing Purdue doesn't have, and I don't want to get way ahead, that's three weeks away. But Purdue does not have a great complement of receivers across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got some good guys, and of course the uh, uh, Charlie Jones kid makes a lot of catches. But it's not like, I'll be honest, I've mentioned it before, Maryland has a great core of receivers, three and four guys that would really test anybody. And to be honest, Virginia, if they could have protected at all, I think we would have seen Virginia's receivers show up. That's right. Boy, that O-line, that O-line was so bad, so poorly mismatched against the Illini that uh, Brennan Armstrong there just had, uh, you know, a complete nightmare that night. So all these things factor in to how well a secondary plays. It's an 11-man defense. Everybody does their job, and quite honestly right now, Illinois is doing it very, very well. Talking with Coach Q, Nick Quartaro here on Sports Talk. Like you said, don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, looking a little bit back and a little bit ahead, the the passing game for the Illini last Saturday, Tommy DeVito, without a doubt, his best game in an Illinois uniform. But Illinois really, they, they turned to the pass probably just as much as they, they did the run. And, and Nebraska, they struggle uh, against defending the pass, just gave up 40-some points to, to Purdue a week ago. What, what did you see out of Tommy DeVito last week? And, and the receivers as well. You talked about Virginia having a, a pretty impressive wide receiving core. As the season goes along, it looks like the Illini have more weapons on the outside than I, I think we initially thought. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll take the last part of that first. I think uh, Illinois has seen really three solid receivers that are available every game. And last game, they, they got the tight end involved a little bit more. I'm sure they're going to try to do some more of that as they move along. But I think having, you know, going into the season, we knew that uh, Williams was a, a kind of more of a slot, quick receiver, throw bubble screens, give him the ball quickly, let him run, give him a reverse or something like that. But yet he's catching the ball somewhere besides just in the short area. And then on the outside, to be able to throw fade balls uh, to those guys on the perimeter is so important because if people choose to try to come after DeVito and try to pressure the O-line and running back in their protection, then they have to play man-to-man. And the guys that most often are the ones that make the plays are the tall outside receivers who go up and get those 50-50 fade balls and come up with either defensive pass interference or a big catch for a huge first down. So I think those are, are really, you know, the key things for Illinois' pass game. Now, last week, uh, Tommy was extremely efficient. Uh, nobody likes uh, an efficient quarterback more than a play caller like Barry Lenny. <laughs> But Barry controls the type of throws that Tommy makes. He puts him in situations where he's not having to read the whole field. He's not having to read all the way across from left to right or top to bottom, as we say, from 20 yards downfield down to short throws. He's basically got his play action, read number one, read number two, and he's getting rid of the ball. And if they do throw it downfield, it's predicated on a coverage they practiced all week and he recognizes it, and he delivers a very accurate ball. So I think Tommy's playing like a real veteran quarterback, which he is. But what impresses me is that he's going to have great football smarts to come into a new system, which he did last spring at Illinois, and to be running it this fall at the effective level he is, and yet this is his first season on the field 
with this system. I think uh, I tip my hat to him. I think it's very impressive. Well, big weekend for the Big Ten and college football in general as we're here in the middle of conference season. Anybody else you're paying attention to? I know you're from the Northeast area. You've been keeping an eye on Syracuse as they take an undefeated record into Clemson. Yeah, I have. You know, they're just uh, 40 miles down the road from where I am, and I do watch them carefully. Um, they uh, Obviously, they're a 13-point underdog when they go down to Clemson this weekend. And uh, quite frankly, uh, they're probably happy. They've been uh, rid of that uh, respectively. Now, they've beaten Clemson. I forget when it was, but it was in recent history. So they did shock the world once before. If they do it this time, it won't be quite the shock. Uh, they've got a very, kind of like Illinois, they've got a very good defense. The kid that's playing quarterback and uh, with Tommy having left, the Schrader kid who's a Mississippi State transfer, is in his second year in the system at Syracuse, so he's playing much more effectively. And here's a, you know, coaching is very interesting. The guy who's uh, the offensive coordinator quarterback coach at Syracuse now was the offensive coordinator quarterback coach at Virginia the previous two years. Okay. So a year ago, a year ago he was thrown for 400, yeah. 400 a game with the Cavaliers. And not that they're throwing it that much at Syracuse, but my point is the guy's a really good offensive coach. So now he's taking the great knowledge and experience he has. He's suiting it to uh, Garrett Schrader, the quarterback's abilities. And that's what's along with a terrific running back. You've got Chase Brown out there who's elite. And then they've got uh, uh, Sean Tucker at Syracuse who's a top five running back in the country also. And what do you do? You play good defense. So put that all together. Great running back, good defense, efficient quarterback. You got a chance to win. But I'm following Syracuse, and I think that has the makings for a great game. Yeah, pretty good start to the season for a couple of orange and blue teams. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we, we appreciate you taking some time here with us, Coach Q, and, and we'll chat next week as we get ready for Illinois to take on Nebraska out in Lincoln. By the way, you know, that, uh, Coach Q, I don't know if you knew this, but Bob Blackman, what, half a century ago, uh, brought the orange of Syracuse. He was even coaching at Syracuse. He was out, out east. At, uh, and he was at Cornell. He was at Cornell. Cornell. Well, now, yeah. wait a minute. He, okay. Maybe it was he Cornell. Was but coaching at Cornell. Yep. And he came to Illinois and brought all the Syracuse markings and writings and, and everything and, and the orange. And we were blue under under uh, Ray Elliott. Always blue. Mm -hmm. He turned us orange. <laughs> and and if, if you look at the Brock, uh, if you look at the numbers and, and, every, and the and the writings, it was all in the same script. <laughs> well, I was, as you know, Lauren, we've, we've talked. I'm an old-timer and uh, was at Iowa in the, in the mid-'70s, and Bob Blackman was there uh, a couple of those years. What was his last year, maybe 75 or so, 74, 75, something like that, Yeah, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I was playing at least a year or two because growing up here where I am, Cornell is, uh, Syracuse is east of me, 40 miles. Ithaca, New York, which is where uh, Cornell is, and they had Ed Marinero, remember the great running oh, back yeah. of the Vikings, mm -hmm. came, out of, came out of Cornell, and I think Bob Blackman had him down there. But anyway, let's, we love football history. <laughs> Good stuff. Always great to chat with you, Coach Q. Be well. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. 
Great. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. There's Nick Quartaro with his weekly segment with us here on DWS. You can also read him in the News Gazette. You can read everything that's edited by Matt Daniels in the News Gazette, at least the sports section as well. So thank heavens for him. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Lauren. I'll... I'm glad I gave you that 20 before I came on here. <laughs> no, no, he, he doesn't have to pay us off. He, he does great work, and, and he's catching us up on, on what's going on this weekend here in, in really just the, the area in general here on Sports Talk. Thursday Sports Talk here with Lauren Tate and Evan Kahn. Matt Daniels, who chimed in briefly last segment, is here to catch us up on what's going on in the News Gazette. We don't have an Illinois game this week. There's plenty of Illinois coverage, though. In, I was going to say, you're going to get double duty next week and yeah. for about the next five weeks, so that's okay. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Scott Ritchie, our do-everything Illinois beat writers, got a, a story on Gabe Yakis. A freshman standout coming in tomorrow's paper. Yes, Lauren. Who's covering the Saturday game in St. Louis between Illinois and Kansas? Uh, that secret scrimmage we're not supposed to know about at all? <laughs> My question to that is where are they going to play it? Is it going to be at uh, at the Dome? Is it going to be at Enterprise Center? Is it going to be in Slew's campus? Is it going to be at CBC? You know, Are they going to take it across the river, go to My Alma Mater at Edwardsville High School? I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I guarantee... I, I just have a hunch that game was hatched in Gordyville back in April <laughs> when uh, when Bill Self was back in town for the Coaches versus Cancer fundraiser. Yeah, so, hey, I like how it's a secret scrimmage and yet everyone's talking about it too. <laughs> just just to make it known. Well, Norm Goodman made it known about two weeks ago, so that's, we're all just true. Uh, assuming that's accurate. Right? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, next Friday night, first exhibition game for Illinois too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to football as well. High school football. Mm-hmm. Into the home stretch here. Yeah. Uh, Big game for a number of the area teams. Yeah, it's week nine this week. Uh, It's crazy to think that the regular season is is coming to an end, but I feel we say that every year. It just sneaks up on us and and flies by. by. And and then it's just a quick turnaround, too, because a lot is at stake for for a lot of teams on on Friday night and a few on on Saturday afternoon. And and then Saturday night rolls around, and then it's it's playoff time. Playoff parents come out Saturday evening and – Going to find out their their first round games. Uh, Centennial uh, has a huge game Friday night at Tommy Stewart Field. The Chargers are at seven and one this season. They host Normal West, who's also seven and one. Uh, the winner of that wins the Big Twelve Conference, uh, which would be quite the quite the accomplishment. And you'd have to think too, if Centennial wins, they're a lock to host a first round playoff game in, in Class Six A. If they lose, finish at seven two, they still got a good shot. But at eight and one, you're you're pretty much guaranteed. And uh, I know Lauren's going to be paying close attention to what his sages do Friday night down at, at Hicks Field in Tolono. We uh, was robbed last year. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get, couldn't make fourth and one. Yeah, that's true. Unity uh, came through with a 33-27 overtime win in, in Piatt County last fall. And yep. now those two teams will meet in Champaign County on, on Friday night. Unity's sitting at 7-1. They're on a seven-game win streak after a week one loss to Prairie Central, who's still undefeated. 
at 8-0. Monticello at 5-3. Had a tough loss to Prairie Central last week, but they've done a, a nice job. And you've got two Hall of Fame coaches and Scott Hamilton at Unity, Coley Welter at Monticello. They both have a ton of respect for each other and for the programs they have. And that's reflected, too, just in the consistent success that all those those two programs have had uh, during their, their head coaches' tenures. Yeah, some some old Okaw Valley foes. I, <laughs> that's I true. remember seeing them, and you can hear that game on our sister mm-hmm. station, Light Rock 97.5, with Joey Wright and Colin Like. Yeah, both of them will be on the call. Uh, we'll have, uh, we've got feature stories planned in, in Friday's paper, one on Unity senior defensive end Nick Nossler. Uh, he's got a pretty interesting story to tell after a summer mishap at uh, Champaign Country Club. And then Luke Teschke, kind of a do-everything player for, for the Sages, only a junior, but he contributes at wide receiver running back starting safety returns kicks uh, and football's not even his best sport he's already committed to play baseball at illinois state in, in college so look for stories on that in, in friday's paper and then also just Colin's usual three keys to the game as well all right looking forward to it and, and you've got plans tomorrow night so we'll, we'll give you a, a friday off i've still got to check with bob he's out of town but yeah. it sounds e- like everyone took advantage of the bye week Kyle, evan so that's okay yeah, that's okay. okay i don't i don't blame him it's yeah. gonna it, it, lauren didn't lauren's still working every week's ever. a bye week <laughs> <laughs> or every week's a work week for you well <laughs> he's always working. i've never had a job that's true yeah that so, is true yeah. well Matt, you've got to work, right? You, yeah, you've probably I gotta, got. I gotta go back to, you've got to stuff the desk that you, and, you've and, got to edit yeah, and yeah. put together. Mm-hmm. But uh, we appreciate you taking some time here, catching us up. We'll we'll no keep problem. an eye out for all that coverage uh, coming up here through the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday down yep. at the Esquire as well. So looking yeah, forward to that. Uh, Illinois volleyball coach Chris Thomas is our guest Monday night at the Esquire. So uh, get on by and check him out. Yeah, nothing like stealing our, our Monday guests. That's okay. We'll figure <laughs> it out. That's what we do here on Sports Talk. It's it, our first time this. Year, that's okay. okay we we share yeah, we're, exactly. we're very we're very civil in, in that way radio <laughs> newspaper. yeah yeah, yeah. We, we work very well joint together. venture so. <laughs> well thank you matt thanks evan thanks thank lauren you. lauren we okay. need to take actually you know what i i, I kind of timed this pretty poorly so you know what we're gonna do <laughs> okay we're just gonna wrap this up right now I, i've got to i've got to pay the sponsors okay. or, or, or get the sponsors what they want so we're gonna call it a day lauren thank you for All hanging right. out two hours we'll give you a tomorrow off i just stole scott's joke please don't tell him i, I said that we're not laughing it's not funny <laughs> i promise i will never do that again but you'll be back on saturday you and steve yep. kelly got a, a, a full lineup of, of guests we do for saturday sports talk so we'll hear that starting at nine we've got high school football tomorrow on hms we've got volleyball on saturday i will be back with you from four to six for funky friday sports talk tomorrow we'll have ali adams michael martin in brian barnhart will join for the illini notebook and, and we'll see if we can get bob as he's out of town at a wedding so plenty going on playoff baseball tonight we'll catch you up on all of it and whatever else happens in the next 24 hours here tomorrow on news talk 1493.9 fm wdws champagne urbana a break and then sound on coming up